You're listening to Nightlight Radio Network. This is Dr. Bob Hieronymus, co-host of 21st Century Radio. We are happy to present this rebroadcast of our show on Nightlight. Welcome back to 21st Century Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Bob Hieronymus, and our executive producer and research assistant is Laura Kortner. Our engineer is Anita Rockington. Now, we've all heard the song, This is the Dawning of the Age of Aquarius. We've been talking about the Age of Aquarius since at least the 1960s. But on this show, you've heard me explain the that the dawning of the an astrological age is actually a process that covers hundreds, maybe thousands of years. And many people have listed dates for the beginning of the Aquarian Age that are widely different. Tonight, we bring you a professional astrologer to explain this all to you. With the tumultuous events of 2020 and 2021, you may be wondering... Where is all the harmony and understanding we are supposed to be experiencing in the age of Aquarius? Our guest is Daniel Viverson, who will explain how the events of 2020 and 2021 are only the prelude for what will occur as this decade unfolds. In order to create the future we desire, we must know the past and understand the present. Daniel Fiverson is an author, lecturer, teacher, intuitive, living in Santa Fe, New Mexico. He is an evolutionary astrologer, and we'll find out what that means right at the outset. As he says, you already know what's the what's of your life. Well, evolutionary evolutionary astrology can tell you the whys. Daniel Fiverson is also a student of astrology, the I Ching, and Tarot. He is an award-winning photographer and a retired IT professional. He received his core astrological training through the work and teaching of Jeffrey Wolf Green and J.W. J.W.G. is a school of evolutionary astrology. His work employs mythology and astronomy to inform his astrology. He has written for numerous astrology journals and websites and was instrumental in the formation of the local National Council of Geocosmic Research chapter in Santa Fe. When not casting charts, he enjoys organic gardening making herbal and mineral remedies, rock hounding, and hiking and biking the trails of the Four Corners region. Welcome to 21st Century Radio, Daniel Fiverson. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bob. When, when did I have time to do all that? It's what I want to know. <laughs> well, I don't... <laughs> when do we all have that kind of time? But, you know, it flies. That's all I can say. Um, yes. You, you just multi, multitask. That's been a big problem for me for a long time. So, uh, just what is evolutionary astrology? Well, evolutionary astrology is a, I, I guess we could call it a derivation or a, um, a, a, a kind of kind of a, a version of modern psychological astrology. But it's it's a soul soul centered uh, perspective on our journey it's the journey of the life of our lifetimes uh, uh, from you know from our journey from lifetime to lifetime mm-hmm. 
we, we have we have to you know look at it from the broadest perspective and understand that we are all soul projections, if you would. Um, the soul uh, projects itself down into time and space, down here where we are, in, into each of these uh, lives, which are really just emanations of you know of the soul itself. Um, and and I would suggest that you know time is not linear. That you know that all of the incarnations, all of the lifetimes that we that we uh, go through. Um, really are, are not happening in a linear fashion. Um, the universe is not linear, you know, by, by any, any uh, stretch of the imagination. Um, it, the, the analogy I, I kind of use is, you know, kind of a joke. You know, somebody once asked God, and, and I use that in its broadest, um, you know, per, broadest definition, um, you know, why did you create time? And he or she uh, answered so that everything wouldn't happen all at once. <laughs> um, this is the, you know, this is the framework that we're moving through. And, and, you know, I think it kind of explains how we can be regressed and, and have experiences from the past or see the future. Um, some people have bleed throughs, you know, um, spontaneously. Um, but they're, they're, time is an illusion. And um, but it's an illusion that that we believe in. So it has become, a, you know, a concrete understanding. And, and um, it, it is useful. I don't want to say it's not useful, but it, it's it's kind of the way I approach it. So uh, basically, we're, we're looking at a, a progression, you know, of the soul learning about itself, just as in each of the each of its emanations, each of its lifetimes, we are learning about ourselves and we never go backward. Okay, mm -hmm. we're we're always we're always moving forward. Evolution is not a theory; it's a fact. And every everything that happens to us in one way or another is pulling us forward. Uh, sometimes we go two steps forward and one step back. Sometimes we go one step forward and two steps back. But in in, in all ways, we are always somehow progressing towards towards the future. Well, when did does you... that, that kind of make, does that kind of make sense? Sure does. I was just wondering when did you begin. Your interest in astrology when you were, I, what age? Yeah, I, I started. I started to study astrology back in the, in the nineteen sixties. Um, if there's any any other astrologers, anybody who knows astrology listening, it was when Uranus and Pluto were conjunct in the sign of Virgo. Uh, um, yes, I think you said that in, in your book. And, yeah, yeah, I think you did. I'm sorry, I forgot. Yeah, no, that. go ahead. Go ahead. Well, that's what. Well, I, I was the reason why I asked that question is that that so many people that I have talked to in the past have ridiculed astrology to the nth degree, and yet so many people who have studied astrology have made some very important uh, experiences well, success, great successes in understanding who they are and why they're here. And that's one of the reasons why uh, when I started to be interested in astrology, I, I, used to, I used to think, reading it, of course, in newspapers, that that's what astrology was. What, what is the problem uh, in, in using astrology just in, in looking at it from a newspaper vantage? Yeah, that's a great point. Let me speak to that. Um, we're not just our sun sign. There, there are you know ten planets, really uh, nine planets plus uh, some dwarf planets as well that you know populate our our birth chart. Um, so and astrology, the, what what has happened with most of Western astrology, and I and I kind of 
I, I want to hold Linda Goodman, you know, to the, hold her feet to the fire. Um, she did a lot to advance the, the understanding and exposure of astrology, but from my perspective and some others, she did a lot to hurt it because she made it into some kind of a cookbook recipe where you could pick up the newspaper or pick up an astrology book and look up your sun sign and people would say, no, I'm not really like that. Mm -hmm. And so they would believe that astrology doesn't work. Um, the, the way that I work with it is it's not, you know, I think you, you alluded to it. It's not about taking the chart and overlaying it on you and saying, well, you were born with the sun in Aries. And so you're going to be impulsive and you may get angry and, you know, yada, yada, yada. That may be true, but that's really not who you are or what it's about. That's right. Um, and as a matter of fact, because all the archetypes, um, you know, there are 12 zodiacal signs uh, uh, and six polarities actually of the 12 signs because they are polarities sometimes a sign represents or will will uh, express as it's as its opposite um, sometimes somebody with a lot of libra which is the opposite of aries uh, libra is all about our connections with other people or relationships our relationship to ourselves um, but it, it sometimes that relationship becomes it it's shadow expression and it becomes Aries and it becomes more self-centered and self-interest and 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 you know uh, that it, it 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 expresses as its opposite so there's there's all kinds of parameters that are in play Bob in in terms of you know just picking up you know one one little piece and trying to say well that that's who I am we're, we're much more uh, much more co complex than that and and then there's another whole layer of understanding because um, it, if we if you know we understand you know the course of evolution you know we come up from the animal kingdom um, and in the animal kingdom security is in the herd okay mm -hmm. uh, when we first come into human life you know life human existence um, our security and our everything that we're reaching out for is also about that herd mentality it's it's about to be like everybody else to dress the same to talk the same you know, to to basically be, you know, want to want to uh, want to be like everybody else, want to learn how to play the game, want to learn how to get ahead. Um, but there are two other evolutionary states besides this first consensus state. Um, just just as a matter of record, that that consensus state actually represents, you know, somewhere around seventy percent of the people on the planet, and it kind of explains why things are the way that they are, and and move so seem to move so slowly forward. Uh, each each of these states that I'm going to describe actually has three three stages within it. You know, at the top of the consensus state are the people who not only have learned how to play the game, they're making the rules. The the, the corporate you know the the corporate magnates, the the popes, the kings, the you know the people who are really pulling all the strings. But they they get to they get to the top of that that mountain of of materiality and consensus and and having everything, and they still don't feel any more secure than they did when they started out mm -hmm. because they've got a lot more to lose. You know, they, they they actually are behind the guy maybe working on the assembly line in Detroit in terms of a sense of their own personal security because they have so much there's so much that that they could lose, and they begin to ask the question, you know, there must be something more. And that opens up the, the, the search, the exploration, the inner journey to determine what else is there in life that really that was going to bring me a passion and, and, and a fulfillment and purpose. 
And this is, this is what Carl Jung called the individuated state, and it correlates to the planet Uranus, where we begin to recognize that, yes, I am like everybody else, but I'm not. I have certain traits. I can play the piano. I can dance. I can sing. I can draw. I can write. I can, you know, I, 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 have, I have, you know, basic things that I have brought with me, you know, into this lifetime that make me unique and make me an individual. And as we move through that, that is the individual individuation process that's very Jungian. Um, it's 20% of the people on the planet. And at the top of that individuated state are, are the, the artists, the visionaries, the poets, the musicians, the writers who, who are able to create their work and show it to us and say, look, there is something else. There's something that's more important, more fulfilling, more substantial, more essential um, in, in human life than just you know how much you can accumulate. And as we move through that individuated state, we begin to recognize that there are two kinds of law. There is man-made law, um, which correlates to Saturn and Capricorn, um, where, you know, and some of that we, we, you know, we have to agree to certain things to live together in a society. We stop at a red, at a, at a red light. We don't hurt other people. You know, we, we don't steal, you know, certain things that, that, that are consensus that, that we have to, you know, hold on to. But there are also certain laws, um, whether we, they were the Ten Commandments, the Hermetic Principles, uh, the Upanishads, you, you know, you're probably very familiar with them, mm-hmm. that, that describe laws and a, a, a true nature of reality that, that's, that's an absolute in any time and place. Mm-hmm. It, it was true back in, in 800 BC and it and it's be true in, in 3000 AD. Um, as, and as we begin to live according to the, that natural law, we begin to what Jeff Green calls uh, spiritualized. By the way, JWG is, is Jeffrey Wolf Green. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's just abbreviated because it's such a mouthful. But at, at any rate, as, as we begin to live according to those natural laws, we begin to what Jeffrey called we spiritualize. And that's not religion. The religions roll back in consensus. They're, they're hell and damnation and, and patriarchy. Um, and we begin to spiritualize and we begin to live according to that natural law. And we move into the third of the states. Uh, I don't know if I said it, 20 percent of the people on the planet are, are individuating approximately. And, and we move into a spiritualized state. And it's, it's only been 5 percent of the population in the entire history of the planet. And at the top of that spiritualized state are, are the saints who have who have delivered the messages and what's interesting is that from, you know, from my understanding, all those messages were the same. Uh, they were just giving it a different time and place and, and directed a different mentality that taught us that there's really only one of us on the planet, that what happens to you happens to me and what and what happens to you and me also happens to the ground that we stand on. And, you know, to come to that kind of understanding is, is, is the spiritualized state and to, and to live in it. Fine job. Fine job. We're going to take a break here. Good going there. I, 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 I figured you could do a good job on that, Daniel. That's the kind of thing we need to talk about. Uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes here. This is, by the way, our guest is Daniel Viverson. 2021 is the Aquarian Age and an evolutionary astrology forecast available at Amazon.com. We'll be right back right after these messages. Hello, this is Stanley Kripner. I'm professor of psychology at Saybrook Graduate School in San Francisco on behalf of 21st Century Radio, run by Dr. Bob Hieronymus 
And I would certainly encourage listeners to stay tuned because you will hear things on 21st Century Radio that you'll hear nowhere else on the airwaves. Thank you for staying with us. I'm your host, Dr. Bob Hieronymus, and we return now to our guest. Are you there? I'm, I'm here. Yeah. Bob, can I, can I just add two thoughts before we move on? Certainly you um, can. Okay. The, fir- the first is this is the reason why uh, uh, Western astrology, for the most part, doesn't work for everybody, because the, the, the way the chart is going to work, the way the archetypes are going to work in that chart are going to be where they are along that evolutionary scale. And uh, it, it's it's important because if somebody's, you know, just consensus, you know, what they really want is the BMW and, you know, all the fancy clothes. If somebody is, is spiritualizing, individuating, they, they want to, you know, maybe go to India and, and find a guru or find a teacher. Um, but but the other important thing to understand is that it's not a one-note one note band, one-note song. We're, we're looking at a keyboard, okay? Mm-hmm. And we're playing chords across that keyboard. We could still have things back in consensus. Hey, I want to go out and have my margaritas Friday nights, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's okay. We're not done with it until we're done with it. And that's why it takes so many lifetimes to, you know, to really um, uh, evolve and, and you know, to, to find what, what they call spiritual enlightenment. Uh, we're all moving towards it. And we're somewhere along that line of progression. But it's it's where we are on it that determines how your chart is going to work, how those how those planets are working for you. Um, and, you know, what I do is when somebody, you know, uh, calls me for reading, you know, I, I give them an intake form. I ask them some basic questions about their life because, it, again, it's not a guesswork. It's not, you know, hey, give me your chart and I'm going to tell you, you know, everything about you. That's ridiculous. Um, you know, you like you said, it's not about the what's. It's about why, the, why what has happened has happened. Um, so I ask everybody a question. You know, what is it you'd really like to, you know, take take away from this reading? And that begins to give me some idea of where they are along that evolutionary uh, progression. So, of course, the book is called "Is This the Aquarian Age?" And so, what does Aquarius mean? Well, Aquarius is obviously a very big word. Um, we we'll start with with the astrology of it. Aquarius is the the eleventh sign of the the zodiac, and it is ruled by the planet Uranus. Um, the, the the fifth dimension song, you know, to a great degree, I think, has wound people up to have some expectation. It sure um, did. <laughs> that's, that's probably not going to happen. Or may, it may, I shouldn't say it, it, it won't happen, but it's not going to happen in the order, you know, or on the timeline that most people are expecting. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, what, what we're going through, you know, right now is, you know, the experience of 6,000 or 400 years, you know, however you want to look at it, of cultural, you know, toxicity um, and and it, it's a healing crisis it all has to come out this is the role that Uranus uh, performs Aquarius um, in in the natural zodiac in the progression of the the signs follows the sign of Capricorn and Capricorn is that consensus reality it's, uh, it's ruled by Saturn it's an earth sign and uh, in Capricorn and Saturn things get crystallized uh, we it's aging it's maturity Yes, we accomplish things. It's it's a very productive, uh, a very productive archetype. But we get stuck in it. Uh, we 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 get stuck in that crystallization. Uranus comes along 
Uranus is an air sign and it's it's very active and Uranus creates interruptions and disruptions in our lives that shatters that crystallized uh, condition. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a good example is a number of years ago, I had a dear friend who had a stroke and he described it to me. He said, I felt like I was a mirror and I, I was shattered and all of my pieces were laying on the ground around me, but I only picked up the pieces I wanted to keep. That's what Uranus does. And that's what that's what Uranus is doing right now in the sign of Taurus. Taurus is about our essential resources. It's about our survival. It's about what what is really important in our lives. And we are this is what COVID is doing for us, you know, whether we like it or not, is is really distilling us down to what's what's really important, what's essential. Um, so the, the Aquarian age, um, you know, is, is not going to all of a sudden blossom into unicorns and, and, and you know, six foot candy canes. It's, it's going to be uh, these kinds of experiences where we're going to be shaken. We're going to be, you know, mm-hmm. really, you know, held in, and, and shaken really down to our, our core in, in, in order to, in order to, to shake out um, how it, you know, what it is about us that we individually need to change and what collectively needs to be changed. Okay. Now, so what is a celestial age in relationship to Aquarius and all the other charts? Okay. Um, one, one of the reasons there's so many questions about it, you know, is it the age of Aquarius is because it's been, you know, it's very difficult to measure it. What, what the, what the ages are about is, um, I, I, I don't know if you're familiar with this, the spring equinox, um, mm-hmm. or the, the the Aries equinox, because it's not spring in the southern hemisphere; it's it's uh, it's um, fall in the in this in this in the southern hemisphere. But um, at zero degree when at zero degrees of Aries at that equinox, the constellation that it, that is is behind the pole star, the North Star determines the age that we're in and and the constellations are moving they they are also in in a, their own cycle of rotation just like the planets are around the sun and the milky way is around the center of the galaxy mm-hmm. and and so the ages have been marked by the constellation that the, that shows up um, behind that pole star at the at 0 degrees of aries point well, then, uh, continuing along these lines, what is the procession of the equinoxes? After we put all of these together, I think we'll have a really good picture of what's going on. Yeah, that is the precession because the, the constellations are actually moving backwards. They're, they're preceding. They're, they're, they're moving in, in a, in a, uh, a, 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 not clockwise. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? You know, in a, ba- in a backward direction. So, so the poles, I, 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 it's some astronomy here. The, the Earth is actually at an 11 degree angle off, off center. It's not, you know, it doesn't, it's not, the, the poles are not pointed up and down. So there's a, there's a wobble around the North, the North Pole, and it, and it actually circles in the sky. Um, and that's the precession of the equinoxes. It's where that North Node is pointing. But, yeah, the North Pole, mm-hmm. well, not North, no, North, excuse me, North Pole mm-hmm. is pointing at any given time, but it moves very, very slowly, it creeps. It's a 26,000 year cycle. 26,000 years. Um, that reminds me, of course, I'm trying to think of a book, Hamlet's Mill. Did you read Hamlet's Mill? I didn't, no. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That's uh, it, It's the one book that made sense to me after. 
other people telling me to read it all the time. Uh, 600, 700 pages is a lot to read from that. Um, but that's what I keep thinking about is the, that process of the Hamlet's Mill. Um, how does the Mayan calendar play into this? Well, the Mayan, the Mayan calendar seems to also coincide with it. It's, it's a total, totally different uh, methodology. Um, but one of the things that the Mayan calendar uh, seems to have played out for us is the compression of time. Because each, each of the stages of the, the Mayan calendar is 20 times faster than the, sta- than the, the age that came before it. And if, if, you know, a good example is that, you know, in the last 50 or 60 years, the amount of new technology, the advancement of science has actually progressed farther than in the last, you know, the previous 250 or 300 years. So th- that's the kind of example of it. Um, you know, my, my, my life partner loves to tell me how, you know, everything just seems to be going so much faster. I tell her it's because we're getting old. And but there's some truth to both of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, every time it seems to be compressed. And um, it, 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 it is about that compression of time. Well, the yugas then, as yugas, uh, where where do we move them? What are the yugas, and what do they tell us about the time that we are passing through? Okay, uh, the yugas are a, a direct correlation to that twenty six thousand year cycle, and they're made up of four different uh, periods of time. And the uh, it was uh, Sri Yukteswar who was the teacher of uh, Paramahansa Yogananda, uh, who really spoke to this, and you know he he posited that back at the beginning of the cycle, which is, um, we just to jump ahead, we are a little bit more than halfway through this cycle. We, we've come through the actual um, nadir of the, uh, of the, the full 26,000-year cycle about 300 year, years ago at the time of the American and French revolutions. But, but he, they, it's been posited that at the beginning of the cycle, uh, we had abilities and um, what we what we now call the Claire skills, uh, there, there was telepathy. People were actually telepathic, and um, as as the yugas unfolded over the first you know ten ten fifteen thousand years, um, that uh, those abilities were lost, and that's when writing and language you know came came into uh, came into place. Um, it, it it it's it's a cycle. We're we're headed back up again. Um, but we're, we're, you know, a good eight or 10,000 years out until we come back up to that, that golden age that once existed. You know, you look on the planet, Bob, and um, there, are, there are structures on this planet that we can't explain, whether it's the pyramids or Stonehenge or uh, Quebecli Tepe. Um, you know, there's, there's many of them, um, and they're all made out of stone. Um, all that survived was made out of stone, you know, and, and think about, you know, 20,000 years ahead from our time. What, what's going to remain? Um, I, 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 I suggest that you know, there will be things of stone and, and also, unfortunately, plastic. I, and I think that that's very telling. Yes, that's um, true. Right? That's right? true. So, so the, we, we have no way of explaining how these, these drugs, who built them, how they got here, what their meaning is. Um, I, I, I just know that the pyramids were not tombs. Uh, of course I, they weren't. You know, it, of course they turned. You're absolutely right. They, they are. Are they? Could you call them astronomical calendars? 
Um, I th- I think that they were energy generators of some kind. Yes, yes, yes. There, so much is going on right now about the Great Pyramid. It's amazing. What we used to think of uh, all of the energy being on the inside of the pyramid, now we're beginning to find out that it's the energy outside of the pyramid that the pyramid is putting out. Right. This is amazing what's going on. Unfortunately, some of the folks that were were allegedly Egyptologists are certainly hung up on it totally being the tomb, and that is it. Uh, Zahi Hawass is basically the guy that stands for this all the time. He has been caught stealing various elements from the Great Pyramid, et cetera, et cetera. And now he's being uh, pushed by the New York Times as being someone who really knows what's going on. He doesn't. He has stood in the way of all of the work of my friends who have worked there for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry to bring that up. It's just I get so upset by this because he has certainly prevented us from getting to what we knew was coming in regards to underneath the Sphinx and underneath the right Paul the Sphinx. And, of course, the Sphinx is far older than we ever thought. It's now at least 8,000 to anywhere between eight and 15,000, even maybe 20,000. So we, we are just don't know very much about Egyptology because our, the Egyptologists didn't pay attention to Egyptology. <laughs> Excuse you, me, I shouldn't have put it that way. You've, you've raised an interesting um, aspect of the Iranian and Aquarian uh, uh, dynamic as well. Because Uranus uh, is associated with Prometheus, and Prometheus is forward-looking, progressive. Uh, but there, you know, at, at any given time, there there are a third of the people on the planet who would who have a dominant Uranus in their chart who want things to change, but they want things to go back to the way they used to be. Yeah. And there's a th- and there's a third who want who want who want that progressive change, who want things to go forward. Um, towards a future that they are dreaming and imagining. And then there's a third that are on the fence in the middle. Well, that's uh, oh, oh, time out on the playing field, I understand, for my boss on 21st Century Radio with our guest, Daniel Fiverson. Is this the Aquarian Age? you got to get a copy of this book. It took me a while to read it over and over and over again, but this guy really knows what he is talking about. So we'll be seeing you guys back in a few minutes. This is 21st Century Radio with Bob Hieronymus, and I'm Mark Thurston, author of Discovering Your Soul's Purpose, Finding Your Path in Life and Work and Personal Mission, The Edgar Casey Way. You can learn more about Edgar Casey's work at edgarcasey.org. And I just want to say that I think Bob is living his soul's purpose with this fabulous radio show. Our guest is uh, Daniel Fiverson, and we are talking about his book, Is This the Aquarian Age?, an evolutionary astrology forecast available at Amazon.com. You need to get a copy of this book. Get a couple of copies because you, your friends are going to steal yours, even if you do it. Are you with us, Daniel? I'm right here, Bob. Okay. What is the relevance of biblical prophecy? Well... You know, I've always been on the fence about the Bible, Bob. I, I have to, you know, admit it. Uh, you know, I was, I was raised, you know, in, in one religion and, you know, moved away towards uh, Eastern religions as I grew older. Um, and I really didn't hold the Bible, you know, for the most part to, to hold much credence. 
Um, but I have come to understand that, for instance, you know, the first five books of the Bible that were written in, in Hebrew, Hebrew is, is, a, is a mystical, symbolic language. It's kind of like astrology. Mm-hmm. Each letter in the Hebrew alphabet um, is, is an entire um, dimension. It, it, it has meanings. It's not just a letter like A. Um, it, it, it has it has great, great depth. So there, there are esoteric uh, meanings and um, intentions that, that are hidden behind most of the, uh, the liturgy, you know, the early liturgy. Um, I, I don't want to denigrate anybody's religious beliefs, but I think, you know, what, what happened, you know, um, you know, after the, the fall of the Roman Empire really um, was not necessarily a positive direction. I think that, you know, patriarchy really began to uh, take over to an even greater degree than it had, you know, in the Greek and Roman civilizations. And it, it, it just it just um, entrenched itself with its own uh, belief structure that that has come down to us to today. Um, so what, what, you know, what, what I'm, when I talk about prophecy, I, I look at some of the old, um, Hebrew, um, prophets and, and what they, they had to say, you know, and, and again, you know, it's hard to really get a clear message because the, they have been translated, um, and the translations were based on whatever the, you know, they understood that word or the, that those phrases to mean at the, you know, at that time. So again, it's kind of like a, te- a game of telephone, you know, where people pass a message along, and the message gets construed or gets uh, hijacked, you know, for some for some group's personal agenda, um, but. What what is surprising and 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 really what kind of woke me up a little bit is that I I never and and I'm going out on a limb here I'm going to be honest with you I never really believed in the concept of an antichrist I I just had trouble with it um, but about a year or two years ago um, we were we were watching a uh, a video uh, I guess it was a YouTube uh, that was put together by a group of uh, uh, investigative journalists in Ireland. And they went to the museum in in Israel where the Dead Sea Scrolls are stored, mm. and and they got they they began to look at the original uh, scripture from Isaiah, and Isaiah and and don't hold my feet to the fire here. I I, I, I can't remember how many prophecies there were. I think that there were ten or twelve prophecies, and the 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 course the the this this video progressed through each of these prophecies and every one of them had come true mm. and then they came they came up to um to the last two prophecies um actually the last three one one was um that there there would be a withdrawal from uh, you know it was uh, trump who, who pulled out of the uh, the arms agreement with iran was was also one of the prophecies uh, one of the major prophecies was was the the refounding of the state of Israel, which which was monumental, and it also implies the rebuilding of the third temple, which they've actually already started to build. So every one of these has come to pass. The last of the prophecies was about the lawless one, and when they started to talk about the lawless one, I jumped out of my seat. I mean, I, I I don't have to tell our listeners who who you know who fits that bill to a T, um, who who has taught us what lawlessness means and and has been the role model for lawlessness, you know, in in our in our field of you know uh, experience, you know, since 2016. 
So um, it, it's hard to ignore. And there, there are times, Bob, when I, I say to myself that, you know, somehow maybe we're just pushing back against prophecy. Hmm. That's an that's a interesting idea. Uh, well, I was uh, going to be a priest. I, had, I probably went through the same questions that you did concerning uh, uh, the Bible and everything else that was, I was being uh, led to believe. And finally, fortunately, uh, I, I became involved in an other, other aspects of higher consciousness that made, the, made it much easier for me to avoid going in that direction of having to depend upon biblical prophecy from that standpoint. So I, I have a very strong feeling about that. How, how does Native American prophecy come into play? Oh, it's very very interesting. Uh, my my source here is a writer named Jamie Sams, which uh, some of these some of your listeners may or you know be familiar with. Um, but Jamie wrote a book called "There Were Council Fires Here Before Ours," and she she has compiled um, through uh, you know a, a, a semi nonfiction or fictional account, kind of like a Dan Brown novel, if you would, um, the the unfolding of the um, Native American uh, mythology that there were three worlds that were here that were destroyed before this fourth world, and that that the fourth the first world corresponds directly to the beginning of the precession of the the yugas the precession of the equinoxes to that golden age and the following two two worlds were digressions from that enlightened state and and then here we are in the fourth world uh, the the good news is is that according to hopi prophecy the fourth world will disappear as the fifth world is emerging. They're not saying that the fourth world is going to be totally destroyed. But but we can see what we are going through with our climate change and, and what's happening politically and, uh, you know, disease. It, it, there's no question that there is a disintegration that's happening to the planet itself. Um, I, I, my, my sense of it actually is, you know, I believe that the Earth is the greatest healer of any of us. You know, we're all self-healers. We can heal ourselves of anything. I, I think that the earth really is, is holds that power um, and, and, is a, and is capable of it far exceeding any of us. So I have faith in the planet. Um, do I have faith, you know, that we will all survive, you know, what, whatever could happen here? Uh, I'm not so sure. Not so sure. I don't know why you would think that. though. <laughs> right. Did the Native Americans use astrology in any way? Um, they, they, you know, it's interesting. The Hopis don't have a word for religion. They're, they're, it's so embedded. Their spirituality is so embedded in their lifestyle. They don't have a separate word for it. They don't really, they don't really have a, an astrology, so to speak. They, they've have followed the stars. Um, they're, they're very much aware of it. Just in terms, they've had to, to have survived for centuries for their agriculture, their own survival. Um, you know, there's there is a place here in New Mexico, which is which is pr probably one of my favorite places um, on the planet. It's called Chaco Canyon. Uh, you've probably heard of it. I've heard of and it. And it, it, it is an entirely remarkable place because um, it, it is um, it is it is um, the, the buildings that are there. They're called great houses. Um, first of all, it wasn't a habitation because they because it was uh 
it was in use. There were there were uh, there were individuals there for over 500 years, but there are less than 100 burials um, mm. in 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 the canyon itself. But the walls of some of these great houses are aligned due north and due south, kind of like the you know like the uh, the Great Pyramid. Um, and not only that, but they point to other structures that are 15, 20, 30 miles away over mountain ranges. Um, how did they accomplish this? You know, we, we, we can we can just about do this now from space, but they did it on the ground. OK, mm-hmm. they, they they constructed roads that that radiate out from Chaco that are 20 yards wide. Um, they're hard to see on the ground, but when you're up above, you can make you can make them out, and they travel straight as an arrow for a hundred miles. Whoa. They went over mountain ranges and actually carved steps <laughs> up the mountainside, <laughs> over the hillside, right. and over it, and continued onward. Uh, it, it's just remarkable. That is remarkable. Um, right. So you know, what kind of technology did they have, and what knowledge of the skies did they did they utilize? In, in order to accomplish this engineering. And, and it obviously required observation over hundreds, you know, hundreds of years in, in order to really be, you know, figure it out. Um, it, it, I, I, again, I come back to um, the belief that the knowledge was here long before us. And it has always, you know, been held in, you know, sacred, um, you know, sacred space by certain individuals throughout time. Um, it's always been there. It's just that it's been hidden. Yes, it had to have been, probably. What do you think they were trying to point to with those roads? Um, I, th- I think that they were ingresses from outliers from other other uh, communities, and they, they would come together um, for uh, for ritual and ceremony. Oh, okay. Well, now, uh, we're getting ready for a f- uh, final break of this hour. But I want to touch on this. What begin at least begin it? What are some of the major astrological events this year that pertain to the Aquarian age? Well, um, the big one is is that the major the major uh, 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 major aspects this year are are to Jupiter and Saturn um, in Aquarius. Saturn, Jupiter is, uh, is uh, squaring at Uranus. Uh, Uranus is the ruler of Aquarius, and Saturn right now, actually, uh, two days ago, squared um, Uranus. No, excuse me, it's it's, uh, it's next week. Um, but though, but Saturn and Uranus in Aquarius, squaring Uranus in Taurus, is a, is a major Aquarian uh, dynamic. Um, it, it's because the, the, the planets are in Uranus' sign and they're forming a crisis aspect. A square is a crisis. Um, it, it creates, um, uh, it, it's, its intent is to dislodge something that is stuck, uh, literally, that's, ju- that's just frozen in, in time and space and to release it so that there can be progress forward. Well, we'll have to hold the rest till next hour. Our guest, by the way, friends, is Daniel Fiverson. And is this the Aquarian age? I always want to read that another way. And that's the reason why I slow down. An evolutionary astrology forecast available at Amazon.com. Order the book and find our guest links on our Facebook page at 21st Century Radio. And don't miss a show. Subscribe and share 21st Century Radio on YouTube. We'll be right back. 
Well, welcome back to 21st Century Radio. I'm Dr. Bob Hieronymus, and my executive producer and research assistant is Laura Kortner. Our engineer is Anita Brockington. 2021 is this the Aquarian Age, an evolutionary astrology forecast available at Amazon.com. Yes, we want you to buy this book. Are you with us there, Daniel? I'm right here, Bob. Okay. Uh, Let's see, where do we leave off with the, the astrological events that pertain to the Aquarian Age? Uh, we, we, you hit on the first one, right? All right. All right. Well, in order to, to really understand this and build the story, I'd like to go back uh, about 60 years. Okay, do and, it. Do it. Okay. Uh, and I want to, you know, and take your go time. back to the 60s. You know, and, and, you know, lo- looking at, you know, some of your interests, I think that you are as much a student of the 60s as I am, a product of the 60s. Uh, um, uh, Timothy really was wrong. Timothy Leary was wrong. I do remember the 60s. I was there. <laughs> um, okay. So, so let's look at the astrology first. I, I want to look at three planets um, because they hold they hold all of the information that we're looking for. Okay. So the first is Uranus that I've described. Uranus is the individuation process where we become we become who we who we intend to become. Uh, Leo and the and and, and the Sun, uh, you know that that's you know, that's our personality. But our personality grows and it grows into that Aquarian individuation state. Uh, Pluto is the evolutionary engine itself. It's what continues to move us forward. Like I said, evolution is not a theory, it's a fact. And we are always moving forward, even if we think we're stuck or we're moving backward or we're not moving at all. And the third is Eris, which was only discovered in 2008. And it's an important player. And and I'm going to come to that because it's got an amazing story. So back in the 1960s, the reason the 60s were as intense as they were is because in, in, in the late 60s, the planet Uranus which takes uh, uh, 84 years to orbit the sun, and the planet Pluto, which takes 248 years to orbit the sun, came together in what is known as a conjunction. And that conjunction of, of the evolutionary engine itself driving the individuation process is what created the 60s. It was the war protests. It was it was the peace, the peace sit ins. It was uh, it was the it was the assassinations of, of JFK, MLK and, and Bobby Kennedy. Uh, all of these things were that Ur- that Uranus Pluto uh, uh, awakening because Uranus is also an awakening. It wakes us up. Uh, in 2016, actually in 2015, the planets moved into what is known as a square. They, instead of being at zero degrees from each other, they were now 90 degrees. They were at, at, at the, the, what would be a quarter moon uh, position between the two of them. And in 2015, in 2016, Donald Trump was elected. Okay? Yeah. All right. And, and now we have... Um, uh, Jupiter and and Saturn. Jupiter is about to leave um, Aquarius briefly. It's gonna it's gonna move into uh, Pisces, but it's gonna come back into Aquarius uh, later in the year. Uh, Jupiter Jupiter moves through a, a sign, you know, once a year. Um, uh, Saturn is seven years. So you know, Jupiter moves very quickly. The, the Jupiter, Jupiter things that Jupiter does are important because Jupiter, whatever Jupiter touches, it makes bigger. Um, it's it's you know it's the, it's the Midas touch. And um, astrology astrologers, you know, are, are tend to think of of you know it turns everything to gold. It doesn't make everything better. It just makes everything bigger. Okay. 
So, so Jupiter comes along back in, in January of 2020, and it was conjunct Saturn. Uh, that, that combination has always been a pandemic, okay? And we had COVID, all right? Oh. And then at the end of last year, actually in December, Jupiter and Saturn conjoined, came together at zero degrees at the same point in the sky in Aquarius. And, you know, that's one of the indications that, you know, is, is this the Aquarian age? That's really what triggered, you know, my title for the mm -hmm, 2021 sure. forecast that I wrote, yeah. Be because we had these, the, the Jupiter, which is the planet of expansion and growth and making things bigger, uh, combining with the planet Saturn, which compresses everything and, and, and makes everything, uh, one, one is expansion, one is contraction. Um, those two planets are what the, the, um, the astrologers who follow economic trends, those are the two planets they look at to, to, to gauge market trends. Um, so that's the way the last year began, and that's the way this year began. But there's another very important player at the under, you know, the undercurrent here that almost nobody's paying attention to it. And I've been writing about this since 2015. And it's, it's, it is dwarf planet Eris, which was discovered in 2008. Now, Eris mythologically was the goddess, the Greek goddess of chaos and discord. And she, she is responsible for the Trojan War. I don't know if you know the story of the golden apple and the contests between the three goddesses of mm -hmm. Athena, Hera, and, um, and, um, and, and uh, uh, who am I missing? Athena, Hera, and Aphrodite. Aphrodite. And um, there was a contest with, with Paris of Troy. And he, he was, he was, Zeus chose him to be the judge. And um, he, he chose, he chose Athena. Um, and Athena's, Athena's gift to him, reward to him, was the, the most beautiful woman in the world, which was Helen of Troy. Um, it, unfortunately, Helen was married to, to Menelaus, the king of Sparta, but the two of them ran off to Troy together and, and, and started the Trojan War. Um, Eris is, is, is made culpable for that, for that war, that war event. At the end of the Trojan War, all of the Greek heroes that we know of were all in the underworld. Uh, Mercury, Hermes led them down into the underworld. Odysseus visits them in the Odyssey. The Greek classical age ended with the end of the Trojan War. And that's where most people have ended the story. And they blame Eris for that outcome. But something else happened at the end of the Trojan War. There was a member of the, Tro of the Trojan royal family, and his name was Aeneas. And anybody who studies any mythology has heard of Aeneas before. Aeneas uh, left Troy, sailed to Italy, and he was the founder of Rome. He founded a, a, a civilization that lasted for a thousand years. Mm. All right. Mm. Yeah. So th this this is this is Eris. Eris Eris is is two times the the. the distance is how do i how do i explain this um the distance from the sun to pluto she's twice as far out from the sun as pluto is in the in the solar system that's why she was so difficult to spot as a matter of fact when they first saw her they did they thought that she was a star because she moved so slowly she has a 500 year orbit around the sun but it's highly elliptical which means that it spends at different times uh, a graduated uh, period of time in each zodiacal sign in her orbit and the sign that she spends the most time in is the sign of aries where she is now she entered it's 129 years and she entered aries in 1927 
Okay, beginning to see see some light here. Yeah. 1929, we had the Great Depression, and then we had the rise of fascism in Europe and and uh, and uh, World War Two. Yeah. All right. Yeah. She is still in Aries. She's oh. been there since 1927. It within that cycle of her of her 129 years in in Aries, the planet Uranus actually meets up with her twice. And he, uh, the first Uranus Eris conjunction occurred in 1928. The minute Eris Eris entered Aries, it's a tongue twister. Uranus was right there, and that's what caused the Great Depression and 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 the wars. Uh, it created that that discord and chaos and ult and extreme violence, because she is extreme violence. Well, she came back again in 2015. And we got Donald Trump and we get the school shootings and, and the, the, the gun shootings, which are two weeks ago, every single day, there was some kind of mass shooting somewhere in the United States. This is Eris. OK, to make to to, to you know, to make the, the story even more intense is that there is an aspect now from Eris from Pluto and Again, they meet up very infrequently because they're, they're, both of their orbits are very elliptical. Pluto is in the sign of Capricorn, and he's, it's been there, uh, went, went into Capricorn in 2008. Um, it's when we had the, the, the first stock market crash. And Pluto will, will stay in, in Capricorn until 2013 when he will also move into Aquarius um, with, uh, with uh, uh, Saturn. So at any rate, the um, the a square is a little it's a little technical here, but this particular aspect from Pluto to Eris in the signs that they are currently in has not occurred in two thousand and seven hundred years. Mm. It was it was what was known as the axial age seven hundred BC, and at seven hundred BC, Homer, Buddha. Pythagoras and Lao Tse oh, were on the planet. Yes, that's the right. great thought streams of Western civilization right. came onto the planet the last time Pluto squared Eris from Capricorn to Aries. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This this to this to me is the base note of our time. Okay. There are two more squares coming up this year. Uh, let me just look at my notes to get my dates right. Um, well, uh, we want to be accurate, so. Okay, in, in May and in October. Um, May and October? This yes. Whoa. We had, we, we had one square in October, in, in May. Actually, we just had it um, a, a couple of weeks ago. And we have one more coming up in, in October. Um, what, what's important to understand about astrological cycles, Bob, is that the timing is not anywhere what anybody thinks it is. Everybody looks at their, you know, their chart if they know it, and they watch the transits, and they say, oh, my God, um, Saturn is squaring my sun today or something. These are long-term cycles, and when the cycle is complete, when, when they're done interacting with, with each other, that's when the fun really begins, Okay, the 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 Jupiter Saturn cycle that began in January of last year is a 30 year cycle. Whoa. And and the Jupiter Saturn cycle that happened in December of last year is a 12, 12 to 15 year cycle, depending on the irregularity of, the, of their orbits. Mm. So these these are long term cycles. 
the the aspects that we have had in the past couple of years are the most intense of, of this decade. And there there isn't anything like it for another five or 10 years. The, the only major things that are going to happen going down the road looking forward are as these outer planets, as Uranus, uh, Neptune, and Pluto change signs and move into the next sign. There aren't going to be any big squares and oppositions and aspects between them for quite some time. However, there, there's there's uh, a lot going on, and we and I, I'd also like to look at how this you know looks to the chart of the United States itself. But I'll come back to that in a minute. Would you please? Um, yes. Excuse me. Let me let me just take a drink of water. Okay, I'll take a. Oh, we're going to take a break anyway. My Paul says on 21st Century Radio, and we'll be right back after we all drink some water. Hello, folks. This is Peter Rowan. You're listening to 21st Century Radio with my dear friend, Bob Hieronymus. Thanks for listening. Our guest, of course, is Daniel. I always like to think of him as Daniel because he's in the lion's den, you know. Fiverson, of course. 2021, is that the is this the Aquarian Age, an evolutionary astrology forecast available on Amazon.com? Obviously, you got to get a copy of that book. Get at least two copies so that you can lend one to a friend, because once you do, you'll never get it back. All right, now... Could you tell us what's happening right now with the U.S. chart? Yes. Yes, this really brings it into focus, Bob. Um, I I have to preface this by saying that um, I have gone rogue uh, with which birth chart of the United States that I use. Um, I use a chart that's actually one year before uh, July 4th, uh, 1776, because on January, uh, excuse me, on July fifth, seventeen seventy-five, excuse me, July. I'm sorry, I'm talking. I'm tongue-tied. On on July sixth, seventeen seventy-five, the Second Continental Congress passed an act to quote bear arms against Great Britain. And up until that time, all of the skirmishes between the the uh, the Redcoats and and um, the the Minutemen had been defensive actions. Um, you know, holding off the British. But on that day, they, they decided, no, we're going to we're going to raise a standing army. They hired George Washington as the commander in chief and they went to war. Um, and from my understanding of, you know, how countries evolve um, when a colony declares war against the mother country, I think that it ceases to be a colony. And on that at, on that day, the United States actually became a sovereign entity. Um, we they took up arms against the greatest military power on the planet, uh, and I don't think they had the confidence to really brag about it too much. By by the following July, they had survived the winter of Valley Forge. Um, they they had they had survived. They they'd made it, and they had enough confidence. I, it was the country's first birthday, and they they were they were they were able to announce to the world. Um, that 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 they were an independent country. That's just that's just my purview. Uh, there are there are other astrologers, but they're in, they're in the minority who who agree with me. But that 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 being said, there are two events which are occurring right now to that chart, which explain everything from my perspective. One of them is what is known as a, the Pluto return, and some of your listeners may have heard of that. And the other is the Neptune opposition. Um, and a Neptune opposition is what occurs when the transiting Neptune, where Neptune in the sky on, in, in the, on today is in a 100 degree aspect to where Neptune was on July 6, 1775. That happened in the years leading up to the Civil War. 
the U.S. Pluto return has never happened before because it, it, Pluto's orbits 248 years. Nobody's alive who really remembers, you know, what happened in 1775 and 76, but that's when the last one was. And we've, it's, we've already had two um, returns. They've already happened. You know, I, I say to some of my colleagues, look around at the world that we're, I mean, if this is not what, what uh, the Pluto return is going to look like, what is it that you're expecting? You, you, you see, what I, I believe mm -hmm. in, in observation and correlation, Bob. That's how I work with, with, with a chart. That's how I work with daily transits. That's how I work with all of it. You have to observe and correlate it to the sky. You can't just take what's in the sky and say, well, X, Y, Z, this is what's happening. You have to look at what's happening down here on the ground because we are the reflection of what's happening up above. So we are, we are moving through a time frame in American history that correlates to both the American Revolution and the Civil War. Uh, racism, xenophobia, misogyny, those were all the things that we fought for in, in the 1860s in, during that war. You know, most Americans don't realize that, that more American men died in the Civil War than in all other American wars combined. There were more, there were more deaths on, on two days at Gettysburg than on D-Day. People don't know this, their history. They sure don't. Um, and and we are coming. It's coming around again. It's here. What do you think happened on January sixth at the Capitol? This is what's happening. Okay, uh, a Neptune opposition. Neptune is about our beliefs, and Neptune is about also about collective delusion. You know, QAnon. I, I don't want to get into politics. Um, but but it's all here. It's it's all uh, on the surface now. It's coming out. It's all been exposed. And it, it, it's all working to to resolve itself. But clearly, you know, you know, misogyny came over on the Mayflower. Slavery came over on the Mayflower, Bob. You know, our, our founding fathers, Jefferson, Adams, Washington, they all had slaves. That's true. OK, right. That's true. This is, this is our real history. That, and it's probably in your founding father's book. It, 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 people don't get, understand this. They, you know, they think of Thomas Jefferson as some great democratic hero. He wasn't. He wasn't. So we, we, we're, it, it's all coming around to be healed. You know, there, there's, a, there, there's a, a quote by Paul Coelho. You know, he said, it's all going to be OK in the end. If it isn't OK, it's because it's not the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to find out. <laughs> uh, by the way, um, what role does UFO disclosure play in all of this? Well, think about that. Um, I, I, I think when, when it finally is revealed, it's not going to be anything less than the second coming. I mean, think about it. Uh, it, it, it is going to be the most mind-blowing revelation of our place in the universe uh, since the beginning of time. We, 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 it, it's, it's just off the scale. It is. It is. Totally off the scale. It's going to change everything. Yes, and, and those, the, all of those people that uh, came out and tried to talk about this so, for so many decades that got either beat up or thrown in jail or murdered— uh, it was all a waste of their life. It's unfortunate right. that, the, right. but that's how we handled things. Uh, you know, it, 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 so many people that I know that were threatened by this whole thing. You couldn't even talk about it, and if you did, then you were, you know, you, you were uh, someone that they 
could attack and that kind of thing. They destroyed so many people's reputations when they, after they saw a UFO and they talked about it. And uh, some of them lost their lives just because of that. Jeez, a whiz. Uh, and it's all your fault. Exactly. No. But, but God, <laughs> God bless them for having the courage to speak to it. And, and, and really, that's what Uranus is. Uranus is courage. You know, Uranus stole fire from Zeus and he gave it to man. I mean, and for, and, and, and for that, he got, he got pinned to a mountain and, 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 and a bird came and ate at his heart every single day. I mean, think about it. It's, it, 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 took, it takes courage to, to really speak your truth. That's true. And it, uh, it takes a great deal of courage to do it. And because you, you can lose, lose your life, uh, especially now, uh, for something saying something about uh, just our former president. Right. Right. Because he is all about that, that kind of stuff um, from the standpoint of uh, the big lie. And I do believe it is a big lie. It's a huge lie. And uh, it's going to cost, uh, well, we'll straighten it out. That's how I feel. We, we will, but, but it's going to take work and it's going to take people who have the, 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 the passion and, and, and the sense of purpose That's right. uh, to keep working towards it. But it, it'll happen. It's, it's it, because evolution is a, is a fact. It's not a theory. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's what we have to go through. Yes, we're, sure. we're, 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 we're that fish crawling up on the beach and learning how to walk. <laughs> yes. Remember the axolotl? Right. The axolotl right. fish who had feet? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I got excited by that. Because I, I thought it was a joke at first. But then I saw one and it changed everything. Oh, so you you may have mentioned Trump before, but what role does Trump play in all of this from the standpoint, in your perspective? He's, he's a homeopathic re, uh, remedy. He he is he is outing all the, the racism and the xenophobia. He he's given the the problem is that he's given people a purpose. Uh, uh, excuse me, given them uh, the uh, permission to, uh, to to be racist. He's literally, you know, yes, giving them permission, but it, that means it's come out from the closet. It's no longer closeted anymore. People are openly, you know, spouting their hate. Well, you, you know, it, it's it's a heal, it's a healing crisis. It's a fever. You 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 can't get well unless you know you have a fever until that fever breaks. And and he 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 is the um, he is the catalyst for it. Um, wh- whether he is the antichrist, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, re- I really don't know. I, I, I can't I, I can't really make a you know, firm determination on that because it's still unfolding. But the man is Teflon. You know, they, they can't seem to pin anything on him. And, and that's a little scary. That's very scary. Well, he certainly has taken advantage of that. And those who are totally ignorant have taken advantage of that. Right. Uh, right. Have you looked at his chart? Trump's chart? Who? Donald Donald Trump was... You know, a lot of astrologers um, say that his his chart is, is someone who was born to have a huge downfall. Um, it's what we're all kind of praying for, but so far it hasn't happened. And maybe it will happen in the end. But how much damage will he do before it actually comes about? That's the that's the big problem, right? Because it, he has created, and it's still going on from that standpoint. Right. Uh, exactly. Uh, what, exactly. What about what role did the COVID play? You touched on that a little earlier. Well, COVID, again, from my perspective, is also a kind of a cultural homeopathic. Um, you know, homeopathic is like heals like. 
and like yours like. And, you know, it's made us realize what's really essential. Uh, we're, we're still, you know, unfortunately going to experience uh, supply chain shortages. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing, you know, it, it, I, I think that there's a false sense of security that, that somehow the vaccine is going to fix everything. Um, it's because we live in a fix me society. You know, you, you can eat whatever you want. It's too much cholesterol. You go to the doctor and he gives you a prescription. You take a pill. Um, you, you know, it, it's it. We, we don't we, self-care has never been the, uh, the the real overall practice, you know, med- medical uh, practice in our country. Uh, most people just, you know, go on and do what they want to do. And um, they go to the doctor when, you know, they, it's only as a last resort. Uh, we we are learn, have to learn to take care of ourselves. We have to learn to be responsible for ourselves. That's Saturn. Um, that's one of one of the aspects of Saturn in Aquarius, is is taking responsibility for ourselves. It's 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 maturity. It's recognizing. Uh, I'm sure you remember the the Hopi message from Orabai. Uh, you know, again, back in, what was it, in 2002, 2001, they, they said, you know, nobody's coming to save us. We have to save ourselves. That's right. yes. And and that's what um, that's what COVID is about. And that's what this transit of Uranus in, in Taurus um, of self-preservation and self-responsibility and self, you know, self-love, you know, to, to care about yourself enough to be willing to take care of yourself, not not to just, you know, do whatever you want to do and then, you know, go get a shot or go get a, you know, or take a pill or, you know, go for some therapy. It's it's it. We, we, we have we have to, you know, go down into our own shadow. We have to, you know, do the work. Um, it, it's it's a very Plutonian process. Uh, we have to go down into that underworld, and that's where we're going. We we have to experience um, the shadow before we can, you know, really rise again into the light. Well, uh, one of the things that I've also found fascinating. In your uh, book, I'm trying to get to the very back here. Oh, I can't find it. Darn it. Are we taking a break? I'll look for it again. <laughs> must, must be Mercury retrograde today. Well, actually, for a while. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, yeah. Until the 22nd. <laughs> here we go. All right, let's take a break here on 21st Century Radio, and we'll return with our guest, Daniel Fiverson. Is this the Aquarian Age? An evolutionary astrology forecast available at Amazon.com. Find more about our guests on the Facebook page for 21st Century Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more after this. This is Paul David, producer-director of Jesus in India, the movie. You are listening to 21st Century Radio with Dr. Bob Hieronymus. Visit me at JesusInIndiaTheMovie.com. Thank you. I am Dr. Bob Hieronymus, and this is 21st Century Radio. We've been doing this weekly interview show for over 30 years. Let's rejoin with our guest now. I did find what I was looking for, and that is this. How does the painful political polarity we are experiencing in the United States and elsewhere open the potential for spiritual awakening and greater consciousness. Okay, you're asking me. Yes, sir. Is that, is that okay? Um, well, it, again, it, it it because it's it is exposing um, what's really wrong, been wrong with our culture for so many years. We we are we are tasked with circumstances 
that are are um, you know we that we're just up against a wall. I'm, I'm looking for the word here. There there's there's there it's a choiceless awareness. Uh, we can we can only make certain choices. We we the the choices that we made in the past that have resulted in the climate change, that have resulted in the gun violence, that have mm -hmm. resulted in 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 the xenophobia um, and misogyny in our world, are are, are obsolete. The, we we're coming to the end of the line, you know, with those those kinds of choices. We have to make different choices. We have to change our behavior, and uh, you know being frightened out of our wits, perhaps by COVID or Donald Trump or, you know, the threat of war. Um, and, you know, and that's the other issue that, you know, we haven't even touched on. Um, there's an inconvenient truth in American history that every time the planet Uranus has been in the sign of Gemini, the United States has been in war. Um, it, it was. It happened at the American Revolution. It happened at World War uh, World War One, and, and it's back again. Um, so, so here we are, um, you know, facing uh, an alignment of, of BRIC nations. Uh, even this G7 has, has actually concretized them even more. It's pulled China and Russia uh, closer together and pushed them farther away from the West. And we, we're just, you know, there, there's just this alignment of, of alliances, which is, um, you know, taking place, which is reminiscent of, of what happened at the beginning of World War I. Where you know one one shoe falls and all the dominoes go down, um, so we're, it, it it's a it's a very tenuous world that we're moving through, and we're we're learning you know to 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 walk through this minefield um, because it's a matter of survival. We have to be careful what we what we where we step. We have to be careful what we do, what we think, um, and and how and especially how we act. Um, especially since there's so many people out there who are just overrunning boundaries that nobody ever believed anybody would would you know cross. So it it it's, it it is taking things you know to the limit. And when they get to the limit, there's only one direction they can go. They they have they have to go in a new direction. It, it's it's the end of the line for a lot of these these uh, this behavior and these uh, these beliefs, uh, which which is what what we're dealing with. Well, I had a a dear friend from who is an astrologer a long time ago by the name of Dane Rudger, who used to teach at our school. What is the crisis in consciousness that was that was labeled by astrologer uh, Dane Rudger? I think that's on page thirty-eight. There, yeah. Dane Rudger was the first astrologer. It's first books that I ever read. Uh, back back in the seventies, um, I had to read them three times to be, begin to, to to understand what he was saying. Yeah, that's even, true. <laughs> and even now, when I read them, I find myself rereading whole paragraphs. Um, but yeah, there 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 are two kinds of of crises. There's a crisis in consciousness and a crisis in action. A, a crisis in action occurs uh, more or less at the at the, the beginning of a cycle, um, at at the first quarter of of the the circle where we recognize that we have to make some elemental changes in order to keep moving forward towards whatever it is we intended to happen or what we're intending towards at the beginning of the cycle. When we, when we come to the third quarter or last quarter square, which is the 270 degree point in the circle, um, that's the crisis in consciousness. That's the crisis in uh -huh. beliefs. 
that's where we have to recognize that that there's something about what we believe or what we're doing that must change uh, before we can close that cycle and actually complete our intention. Mm-hmm. So we're we're having both of those of those those occurrences occurring. Um, the squares from um, from uh, Jupiter and Saturn to Uranus are both uh, crisis in in uh, in in uh, uh, crisis in action, where the choices that we're making and the, you know our lack of maturity, our lack of responsibility, our our our, our grandioseness are all coming into question um, in in terms of you know how how are we going to go forward? We, we we can't go forward with as as I have a Canadian friend. He says Americans are are adolescent. You know, there's an immaturity, you know, a spiritual immaturity in our country, and it's mm-hmm. got to change. We have to grow up yes. spiritually. Yeah. And the and the um, the Pluto Eris uh, square that I've been referring to that's a last quarter square. That's the crisis in consciousness, and that's the hardest of all because we we cannot close the circle until we f- we figure out this piece of it, um, until we get smarter, until we we just wake up and recognize. That there's something that we believe, or there's something that we think, or there's something that we are are doing that's just preventing us from really, uh, per, you know, pursuing or completing uh, our, our original intention. Mm-hmm. And our intention is to grow. Our intention is to evolve, evolve, and and become more conscious. That that's you know that's why we're here. We're we're, we're doing it anyway. You know, we 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 learn through our emotional body, Bob. We we only learn through direct emotional experience. We we can be a smoker. We can we can be a, a reckless driver. Um, we we can um, fool around on our on our on our on our partners, our wives, our husbands, um, and and thinking we're getting away with it. Okay, but there there there's always a consequence to be paid, and it's when that consequence occurs. It's when we wake up, you know, in the middle of winter and we can't breathe, or we have pneumonia, or we have bronchitis. Or you know when when we when we come into a crisis of because of the choices we've made and refuse to change, that's when we get it. Okay, um, it when when we're the one who gets diagnosed with cancer and we stop eating all yeah. the sugar and we stop that's eating right. all the all the all the uh, processed foods and and uh, all the fast foods, that's when we get it. We 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 will continue to go to McDonald's or or you know Taco Bell and keep eating that stuff. We'll keep smoking. We'll we'll, we'll keep you know coming home and, and and drinking half a bottle of scotch every night until the day the the, the day comes when when um, our body just breaks down or we mentally break something happens that we have no other alternative but to change and and this 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 is unfortunately what we're going through we're, we're having a collective direct emotional experience about our health and about our, our important resources about what's essential about what we believe about what we think about what we say and do you know to other people how we treat others um, it, it's it's all got to change and it's not going to change until each one of us somehow gets it directly, some direct emotional experience of it. Yes, yes. Well, I read in your bio in regards to the private readings you do, your philosophy of astrology is not like some cookbook interpretation of who you are. Instead, you look at the birth chart in the context of how a particular life has unfolded. How does this reveal the why of events seen in the chart? Because each of the archetypes in the chart has a light and a shadow expression. 
and the the life experiences of the individual who comes for the reading will 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 reveal to me how that 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 archetype has expressed um if you know if they have the moon in aries or is this is somebody who has repeatedly gone for anger management or is it somebody who has taken responsibility for themselves um for their emotional um you know um, mm-hmm. their their own emotional self responsibility or re, uh, emotional self reliance uh, they all it all works both ways um and the the context of somebody's life will reveal you know the choices that they have made and 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 why that has happened sometimes it's from past life sometimes we just have trouble with with some individual you know we may have hurt them may hurt us um it it it's it's steep it's got many many layers you know we from lifetime to lifetime you know we pick up where we left off i think i said this but we're spared the actual memory of mental memory of what has happened but in in the first 7 years of our life up to the to our first saturn square it's uh, you know it, it, it's kind of you know what um uh, it, it you know it's very psychological um we we are imprinted with the with the uh, the emotional template of what came before the way we're treated by our parents the way we're treated by our siblings the way we're treated by our peers as we as we start to you know as a kid and, and go off to school the, these are the reminders of what we've brought in with us and they 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 tell us it's all in the chart it will tell us you know if your your mom was an alcoholic and your father beat you up and your uncle raped you um it it it's all in that chart and why did it happen it 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 happened because of something from the past that that remains unresolved that needs to be worked out but it, it's something within us it it's not you mm-hmm. know it's not something that we can you know uh, assign to somebody else and say that they're guilty of it because it's it's our life that it happened in and we have to come to terms with it wow boy what i have learned not just tonight but in reading your book um it is just an enormous amount of things that uh, i need to review again and again because when i was deeply involved in astrology a long time ago uh, that was some time ago but I think the kind of quality of work you're doing while doing it this way is extraordinary. And I, I, need, I want to look more into this because I think it is, there's a great deal to this in, in regards to uh, the longevity of, your, uh, of, of being able to, to um, see the future. I, I, don't, I don't teach my clients my wisdom. I, I work with them to open up their own wisdom to to get them to see what they already know, but have hidden from themselves or have denied or or um, excused or thought they weren't good enough or they didn't deserve it. You know, these, these are all human natures. We we all have all these insecurities, and but yet we all have all these strengths that we've we've brought in with us. And it's learning to recognize what we have accomplished in the past, what we've brought that are, are our strengths that, that we have, have uh, um, grown with us that are all uh, correlated to the weaknesses that we have. It's a match. It's a handoff. But we have to recognize it and begin to work with it. And, 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 I, and I, help, I help people see this. I help them see what it is, that not, not as a punishment. There's no, you know, there, there's no judgment. You know, we, we've all had our, you know, SHI, you know what, mm-hmm. um, we've all gone through it. But that's that's what how we have learned what we know. You know, it, it's we, we've learned it by, you know, accessing our own inner knowledge. Um, 
And most of most of us, you know, we we have that intuitive sense. We're just afraid, you know. We need somebody to to support it, to expose it, and 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 really show it to us, and and you know, get us to recognize, you know, where our purpose and our passion lies. I want to return to a very important point in your book, and this forecast reveals the opportunities and remedies for the times we are continuing to pass through. Can you tell us more about this aspect of hope? Yeah, yes. The, the, remedy, the remedies are, you know, this Pluto and Capricorn. Capricorn is Saturn, and Saturn is responsibility. It's about taking responsibility. Taking responsibility. Nobody's coming to save us. We have to save ourselves one at a time. Each of us has to save ourselves. And, and and as long as that takes, that's how long it's going to take. That's that's more than interesting because of uh, some of the research that I've recently read about uh, those alien beings that are on this planet because they hear they certainly are here. They've been here for a long time. They've always been here. Uh, that's part of their planet as well as ours. But we don't pay attention to that. We we're pretty greedy when it comes to our what we want, but um, I've, oh gosh, Rudy, I forgot exactly where we were headed with this one. What was that one? Hope, hope, H O P E. Yes, that's that's the thing I'm mostly trying to understand at this point. The aspect of hope in that. The the, the hope is that we have to dream our future. There there are many probable futures that go out from this point in time, from the present. Unfortunately. All too often, the, the past becomes the present, and then that becomes the future as well. We have to break that chain. We have to re-image, reimagine what the past really was. Okay, so my uncle raped me. Well, it's okay. i got to get on with my life. I can't go through life carrying that cross that somehow I'm a martyr. It's, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's the religions in the world, the savior and martyr complexes, the masochism, the sadism. We, ha- we have to move past that and understand that, that whatever happens, it's happened. And it is in the past. We have, to, we have to heal it in the present so we can go into the future with a whole different, whole different dream in mind. Oh, thank you very much. And we're just about out of time. Thank you, uh, Daniel Fiverson. 2021 is this the Aquarian Age, an evolutionary astrology forecast available on Amazon.com. Order the book and find our guest links on our Facebook page for 21st Century Radio.